You are now tuned to the other side of BOK Sports 9 back you tuned into the other side like how Barry White voiced that jump yeah um we it's just me Aaron Shaq gonna join us in a little bit rocking the day there's a lot of stuff on tap uh young did you watch the debate Aaron I'm dog I just can't take it no more I can't yeah. take it no more <laughs> we only got like a month left Hillary oh yeah I'm so the thing is it's, it's ridiculous. I've never seen an election like this. Like, they calling for the Bama Trump to just drop out. Yeah. And, you know, his own party members are like, he has to just just give up and just stop running and just let someone else run. And, like, I mean, this Bama has just completely turned the presidential debate into a reality TV show. That's right. You already know. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that was his, his attempt from the beginning. But I guess... You know, people didn't really know it was going to get this far. But recently, Donald Trump was caught on tape talking about how he, you know, because he's Donald Trump, he just goes and just grabs more yayas <laughs> and just, just fondles youngins and all types of wild off the off the handle type stuff. Sexual, basically sexually assaulting youngins. Bro, what are you basically, talking Basically, that's about, what man? he said on the, on the tape. So it came out, and he didn't use kind words like "yeah, He said, "You know, he used, uh, more def- more definitive language <laughs> to describe, you know, his actions and stuff." And at this point, you know, people are upset and in an uproar about it. But like, this is what Donald Trump is. I like to me, it wasn't surprising to me. Now it was surprising that it came out. But I'm not surprised that he was talking like this behind closed doors because, I mean, of the reckless stuff he says, like, out in the open. So it really didn't surprise me. But, you know, it's just interesting how, you know, now they're saying it's locker room talk and he was basically trying to spin it to say that this is what Bill Clinton did and, you know, he said worse stuff or whatever. But I'm like, hold on. It's not, it's apples and oranges, bro. Like, at least Bill Clinton, I mean, not that I'm condoning it, because I'm definitely not condoning it, but he cheated on his wife. That's bad. But he didn't sexually assault a youngin and just grab a move, yaya like, at will, and just be like, ah, do what I want. Like, he ain't go like that. Now, it's possible he could have, but there's no proof, you know what I'm saying? You didn't hit nothing out of his mouth to say that he yeah. did that. And, and I don't know why he's blaming Hillary for that, because she was a victim in the situation, so I, I don't. This man is is a lunatic, if you ask me. Yeah. He's he's just a lunatic, um, and a thug, if I might add. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, that's just my sentiments. I, I at this point, you know, the people who are going to vote are going to vote for him, and um, they're the same people who don't obey traffic laws and. And, and and look at you all strange and crazy because yeah. you, you in the way on the on the highway. So I I, I don't I don't know, man. What, what you got any thoughts about Aaron? I mean, just to play devil's advocate, I didn't hear where he said he actually did that. I felt like he was saying like when you got money or like if you're famous, like you could basically do whatever you want and it's okay. Like you can get away with. It. So like, I'm not condoning or condemning the comments because. To be honest, it's not that far off from how some people talk just in general. But you can't run for president and have stuff like that come out. That's just out of the question. You can't run for president and have that type of stuff come out. Can't do it. And and at this point, you know, people, his his party has encouraged him to, like, drop out and stop. And this dude is on a crash course to run anyway. Like, he, you know... one of my coworkers tell me about this documentary online about him and Hillary or whatever and she was she always just mentions this one part in the documentary I don't know what it's called gotta google it and find out but it's some documentary I think it's on Netflix and it like really chronicles the life of Donald Trump and the life of Hillary and up until this point in the race and one of the uh, key key parts of the the, I guess it's like a biography or whatever um, it says that Donald Trump was taught that even when he loses, he wins. 
So he's an idiot. Like if he if he lost something or if he dropped a pen or whatever, and you'd be like, oh, you dropped that pen. Like, it's like, no, I didn't. I didn't drop no pen. What pen? You know what I'm saying? Like that's what he was, it was ingrained in him. You know, even when you lose, you win. So even in this situation where it looks bad, where, you know, he has this, you still see him like kind of acting in a way that's like arrogant, that's dismissive, that's, uh, you know, basically like, I don't, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. And he's really just. He's an idiot. You know. Don't listen to, he's an idiot. All right. That's what we got to say about that. It's, yeah, it's I, just sad, though. I do want to say one thing that pisses me off is these white feminists trying to like lump all men in with that like rape culture thing that they like to say and just basically throw everybody in there. White men who oppress everybody on the planet are the people who have created whatever culture you want to, you know what I mean, label whatever these things yeah. contribute to. Like, So don't throw everybody in there because it's not everybody. We, everybody doesn't have, every man doesn't have that like entitlement where they feel like they can just do whatever they want to a woman and then like nothing's going to happen. It's just like business as usual. That's not the case because that was one of the big issues with uh, the swimmer dude from Stanford or whatever when he sexually assaulted that girl behind the trash can and everybody was saying, oh, it's because he's a, you know what I mean, like a well-to-do white kid, et cetera, et cetera. Like if it was a black dude, they would have locked his ass up. So don't do that. You ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. I, you ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, Sway. Yeah, I mean, there's a last, I, just, if you want to know or see, and, and I and I credit Van Jones for this, this point, but there's a big difference between like white privilege and just, just black people. It, can you imagine if 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 Barack Obama had has said something like this during his his <laughs> during a presidential race or something like this came out in regards to him, bruh, the election would have been done. Over. Cannot win with him. It would have been over. They wouldn't even cast votes. They would have removed that <laughs> Bama from the jump and just said, our new president of the United States, they was just kidding. <laughs> it'd have been. <laughs> It'd have been the first time you ever seen just them just hand it over. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't have gone on any further. Um, you know, I, you look at Obama and his presidential race. Like it had to be flawless yeah. for him to even be considered. Like his life had to be practically perfect. Yeah, you, know? you know what I'm saying? But here, Donald Trump, he got several different wives. I mean, different different children with different different wives. Been married like three, four times on record. You know. Bama not showing his taxes, you know. When the whole birth certificate thing with, Bar- with Barack came out, you know what I'm saying? Barack was like, man, you can look up my birth certificate. Like, you can see. Like, he was transparent with everything. This dude keeping stuff behind the closet. He ain't showing nothing. Then his tape comes out with him grabbing Muyaya, talking about grabbing Muyaya's, and he just, uh, well, that was, uh, that wasn't supposed to be released, and that was, you know, my own private, whatever, whatever. I'm like, bruh. You're running for the president of the United States. I mean, this is just, these are just stuff that's happened recently. Yeah. Then they talking about locker room talk. When has his old, unathletic, 78-year-old ass been in the locker room? Yeah. <laughs> Can't have been in the last 50 nah, years. Nah. Like, so just stop. It's ridiculous. They'll say anything to get out of being accountable for their actions or the things that they yeah. say. I'm just saying, like, just pay attention to the to the sign. Like, if every time you meet somebody, they slap you in the face, and then they one day they come like, I'm not gonna slap you in the face no more. I promise. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta be a fool if they smack you every day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and right now, Donald Trump is he's a smack in the face. And yeah, if he becomes president, you can continue to watch the smacks come because he's shown you what he is, and, and it's not anything new. You know, so I, I don't know, man. I, it's somebody was telling me about this book about this kid. Like it's like a book that where a kid was running for president and he was just saying all this crazy stuff, and then eventually, like everybody hired the kid to be the president, and then the kid was like, I mean, I'm just a kid. Like, how did you expect me to do this job? Like, I'm just a kid, and that's really Donald Trump. Like, he's like a 12 year old kid, and um, it, it was crazy. One last thing before I get off of this point. At the end of the debate. They had him like, it was like watching middle school kids like fight. And then the teacher was like, okay, I want you to say one nice thing about Johnny. You say one nice thing about Sarah. Okay. Guys shaking. 
and, and shake it up and, you know, stop fighting because they had him say something nice about one another. I was just like, what is, what is this? What is this? Um, and this, as far as the debate goes, this debate was horrible. I was annoyed. You know, I, I, I got tired of seeing Hillary like that little fake cheesy smile, John. The yeah. John was blowing my life. Then hearing Donald Trump talk, his voice is annoying. Yeah, like I, I just, I, I think I'm almost all the way, all the way tapped out. Um, but yeah, Hillary will get my vote by default. Uh, I would not be voting for Donald Trump, and I, I encourage those who have a sound mind to follow the same and not not vote for Donald Trump. If I'm just going to put that out, cannot there. win with him, cannot coach with him, um, can't do it. Uh, next on the docket, dog. We we jump around here, but Beanie Siegel right now, <laughs> dog. You don't want to take Meek Mill's place, bro. No! no! I'm just trying to tell you, you don't want to take Meek Mill's place. Now, recently he was on a Breakfast Club and he was trying to basically defend himself about his his situation involved with the beef with him, Meek Mill, and the game and all like that. And of course, Charlemagne and and Envy they were tag teaming. Uh, uh, Benny Siegel and asking him questions, had that Bama on the stand and 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 really was interrogating him about to find the inconsistencies in his story about why he jumped on the diss track with 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 uh Meek Mill and all like this. And I mean, at the, if you watch the interview, eventually Benny Siegel gets mad. He calls Charlemagne some some explicit names and 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 I, I mean, it's up to you if you think it's with good reason or not. But at the end of the day, it's just like Benny Siegel need to realize it's not 1995 no more. Like, it's just not. And I don't think that he really wants to, like, pursue a music career any anymore because of some of the things that he's saying. And it just don't. It, it's a new day. young huh? Aaron, when are they going to learn it's a new day? They're not. It's like it's hard for people who if your prime was in the 90s. Like, it's almost like just the drastic changes that have been made just in that small 20-year period. It's almost like 100 years in another, you know what I mean, another era. It's just like so much has changed to where Yeah. it's like, it's literally like 21 Jump Street, like real life 21 Jump Street. Like all the stuff that used to be acceptable <laughs> now is like taboo. And it's just like, if that was your prime, you might as well just realize you're a dinosaur and just stay out of the way because it's just a different way of doing things in 2016. Whether you agree with it or not, there's yeah. nothing you can do to defeat the internet, and you might as well just stay out the way. That, that's what I'm saying. Like you can't bully non-bullies. Like back in the day, you know, it was a different era. If you had a beef with somebody, you just be like, you see him, and like, oh, what's up? And then you might shoot the fair one right there. You know what I'm saying? And then that'd be it. Or you know, you knew if you said something about someone and it was about that life, that you know. Hammers might get drawn out, you know, just that's just how it was. And it's not like that anymore. Yeah. And some of these like artists, they're trying to like tote the line of both both worlds. And it's like you can't because it's new. It's not hard. Hardcore thug rappers do not run the game anymore. They don't. So when you come in and try to be a bully, they look at you like, who are you? And then with all the social media that's available, you can't win. You cannot win. Majority of people, like, they call it, I don't want to say backpack rap, but it's kind of, I don't know, it's jingle rap. It's, it's, it's mumble rap. I, I Major key to success. It's a new world that runs the rap game. So you trying to beanie seagull your way through that joint is a fail. <laughs> it's just a fail, though. And I wish somebody would just take him aside and just be like, look, bro, like you can't you can't broad street bully your way no more in the game. It just don't work like that. People don't even know who you are. Like, it's dust on your CD cover now. Like nobody's Oh my god. It just it's just different, though. It's just different. And I think that they don't they don't realize that they stuck in that era of time. And don't get me wrong, I'm not even with the new generation and how they do things and the music and stuff like that. I'm not even with it for, for I don't listen to it much or whatever. And I understand, and though I can understand, you know, maybe Benny Siegel's point of view in some instances, but you, some stuff you just got to keep to yourself. Because as an artist, if he's trying to like sell records or be, you know, relevant, you know, our, our class of like 
you know, hip '90s hip hop MCs and stuff. It just it's just a new day. Like many babies have crossed over. Like even in our age bracket, they listen to the new stuff and they rock with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like you call it whack to them. They be like, hold on, young. I mean, blah 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 blah. And they'll just fight you yeah. to the death. Or I'm like, I just saying I don't like it, dog. It's just a jingle. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, Luke Cage. That yeah, that show it gets better as it progresses. Can you can you is is that not the greatest soundtrack on a, a TV series ever? Like that's right. produced, you, you heard ever like I, that's the best soundtrack I've heard produced on a on a TV series yeah. like ever. Like the music is on ninety nine. Like it's like black soulful with like a little bit of you know. I think I think RZA has his hand in the, in the, in the uh, musical productions of the show to some degree because it you know it has like Wu Tang, so, you know you hear some old '90s hip hop in there and stuff like that. But then you hear like the old '80s, old '70s like R&B. They just it's nice. Even like the music they play for like certain situations when it's intense or when you know it's just like they'll have like you know um, like live live musical stuff selections in there and then. The show's on 99. I like it. I, I think the acting is a B. The 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 storyline and the plot is like a C plus. But the music to the to the yeah. uh, to the jump is an A plus. So at the end of the day, I give it a solid B. If I had to rate it, what do you, what do you give it? At? Huh? Um, I think a lot of the show is really really good. What I'm trying to figure out is if the like. It's like sometimes like a, a real corny kind of like elementary type style, like, like the way they do some of the like one liners and some of the stuff he says. And I can't it's, tell if it's, it's on Marvel. purpose. I can't tell if it's on purpose because it's like, like you say, like a comic book Marvel type thing, or if this is just mm-hmm. bad, like bad writing sometimes. I can't tell yet. But outside of that, the show to me is an A. plus. It's just that. Sometimes, like when the lead actor has these one-liners that are like super corny, and they even acknowledge it in the show, where the girl oh, keeps calling them corny and stuff. Dude, you like got that. to, you know, the pow. But it's you like, know, bad, you know how they bad. do the old like, Marvel jump. Some of it is like, <laughs> it's like I'm here to rescue you. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. Maybe like, not that bad. Nah, dog. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> but it's like that's the only <laughs> issue I had with the show. But it could be on purpose, so I could just, you know what I mean. That, that could be something that they're yeah, yeah, yeah. making an effort to do so I don't know but outside of that yeah the music is is great and then I think you're only to like episode 7 or 8 like it gets even better yeah. as it goes on to the later episodes like they had me in here listening to Mahalia Jackson yesterday. like the truth is cool <laughs> <laughs> nah yeah the Joe and Joe is good man if you haven't checked it out I mean it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good show I mean the one thing I do like about the show is that the, all the major characters in the show are black for the most part like, and that's, I mean, that's different because you really don't see that. I mean, even these black shows, you know, somewhere along the way, you're like, um, like you just don't see like black people as, if you just look, just pay attention. I know some people are like, what are you talking about? There are shows where black, I'm just saying, they, they have them, but this show, almost all the major main characters in the show whatever position they have, like whether they're like a council member or they're like, you know, a doctor or they're like police officer, you know, head of the departments and stuff like that is all black. So and some brown that was too. that was like, a yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So, I mean, it's and, it, and it's not it's not like that's all that's in the show. I mean, it's multicultural in the show. But what I'm saying is it was surprising to me to see that like all the prominent players in the show are like black so um, yeah and there's it's, no it's, magical it's white, yeah it's no magical white protagonist that like is the key to like the climax yeah. at any point in the show and that's important no that's yeah and that and that's that's different that's something that they they, they definitely jumped out on a limb to do and and i think it works i think it works great so i'm, I'm with it um on to some sports well, I could talk about Westworld, but I say that I say that because I still need, it's, it's still kind of early. But I, I, I come back to that. Thank you guys who tune in to the BLK Sports 980 podcast, representing the DMV. Right quick, just want to encourage you to please subscribe to our channel on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. 
Make sure you also follow us at BOKSports980 on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. You can even email us your thoughts, show topics, and more at BOKSports980 at gmail.com. Last but not least, let's spread this word. Now back to our show. The Nationals, they they on right now, I think, and they up 1-0. Nationals, uh... Two, two, two games to one versus the Dodgers. They get this W today, then they in the money, though. They into the second round. Um, something a lot of people, and I don't care. People probably will not admit this, but I don't think people had really high expectations for the Nationals up until this point. I don't care what people say. I'm saying right now, maybe the expectations have like started to rise because it looks like they're going to make it out of the first round. But prior to this, all the adversity that the Nationals have faced this year, let's not let's not look at that lightly and look at the job that Dusty Baker has done with less than what the previous manager had to work with. All the injuries, I mean, Strasburg is down and, and apparently he's had a setback today. But like, all these injuries... And them to still win a division, still be in a place that they are now, and still, you know, be basically about to shock the world and go above and beyond expectations. I think Dusty Baker deserves a lot of a lot of credit for that and a lot of respect. You know what I'm saying? Uh, We look down look down the highway at what the Baltimore Ravens did. I mean, not Ravens. I'm sorry, Baltimore Orioles did, and uh, and their manager not playing their best guy in the, in the crunch time and then them not even making it into the playoffs. You looking here, um, I just think it's remarkable, dog. And, and and if nobody else is giving props to Dusty Baker, I got to. Yeah. Especially now that I'm watching baseball in the playoffs because all the regular season, I don't watch that, Jim. So, Aaron? No, I agree with you. Um, all they got to do, like, they ended up going down 2-1, to one, but then they just tied it up. So it's 2-2 two, two in the top of the third. And I'm just hoping that they can do more than they've been able to do the past uh, few years. I felt like uh, the manager, Matt Williams, was a big reason why they ended up coming up short. A lot of like questionable decisions in big games. And the same thing you just said uh, with the Orioles and like not playing Strasburg that one year where they had him on like a pitch count yeah. in that last game. And then you're like holding them for the next series and it ends up you don't even make it to the next round to get to that next point. It's just... I felt like it was time for a change, and it looks like that change is paying off, even though Dusty Becker wasn't their first choice. But it looks like everything's working out for the best. Dog, and they're getting production out of Jason Worth, Ryan Zimmerman, these people that a couple months ago, we was like, why we got these bombers on the roster for? Because they was playing terrible. You know what I'm saying? Anthony Rendon stepped up. Like, they starting to come alive at the right time. But, you know, I just... I just know coming into the season, people were like, you know, Nashville's good. But when we got all those injuries, you know, I think people were just like, uh, you know, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. But now these dudes look like like they could go far in the playoffs, to be honest with you. I mean, Bryce Harper come through strong. But they are who we thought they were. They got talent. They definitely got talent. So we're going to be tuned in, watching to see how they, how they fare. In these playoffs, they get they got to get past the Dodgers first. But winning today would go a long way um, to the confidence of the team going forward. So let's go Nats. Uh, Monday Night Football, the Bucks played the Carolina Panthers. You know, first of all, th- before we get into the game, we're going to talk about Aguayu. Okay, the Bucks win 17-14, but the kicker for the Bucks. That Bama is sorry, young. No, you just trash. You can say he's young. You can say all of that. The Bama's been missing kicks every week. Kick after kick. This Bama missed two kicks last night, or maybe three. But I know he missed one in the first quarter. Then he missed one in the fourth quarter. That could have put him up. And, I mean, thank God the Bucs got another chance. And, and, And James Winston got him back down in field goal range. And then there was a penalty that put him closer. Yeah. And I mean, it was like 30 yards out. So you, I, bro, you can't miss that. But this Bama, they spent a second round pick on this dude. Now, I don't know who's, somebody got to be looking at management like, bro, what is y'all doing? Like, 
I understand y'all needed a kicker, but I can kick, I can miss two to three field goals a, a game, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you just want somebody out that jump kicking, like, I can do that for, for 800K. I, I don't know if they're going to go back to the drawing board. I don't know if, I mean, he's the second round pick, so I guess you can't really. What do you do? You got to play him, right? You got to stick with it because he's a second round pick. That was ignorant to go that high to get a kicker. But I mean, he was like the best kicker in college history. So I understand I, having I, the value you had in him, but a second round pick, that's high as hell for a kicker. And he kind of has to hit the ground yeah. running to be able to justify it, even though. Yeah, yeah. Shows. A second round for a Batman to come missing? No. <laughs> you can, and you kickers can't generally, miss, though. they start slow. A lot of the best kickers in the NFL ended up being great on like their second or third team because a lot of times coming from college to the NFL, it's yeah. like the, uh, the uprights, it's a smaller opening and the ball is different. So a lot of times it yeah. takes them a while. So just like spending a second round pick on the kicker to me was just basically egregious. Yeah, no, it's egregious. And, and somebody, like I would have told about him, so it can't, hey, look, bro, we about to sign you. And right there on the podium where we at the stage where we shaking hands, you can't miss. Yeah. I'd have called him on the phone. Yeah, we about to pick you with the second pick. Hey, bro, I just want you to know you can't miss. Like, you can't miss no kicks. You got to hit them all, especially within 40 yards, like, you know what I'm saying? Okay, if you kick it 55 yarders and stuff and you missing those, but 40 and in, you got to hit that, bro. You definitely got to hit that. Um, Derek Anderson, I thought he was better than that, dog. He wow. stuck it up a little bit last night. Why did you think that? I, <laughs> I, I mean, okay, so in relief, when he came in relief for Cam Newton last week, he looked uh, like he could move the offense. It, but then that always looked to be the case when a backup comes in, they look kind of good for a quarter or a half. Uh, and then they get the job and then flat on your face. It's different when you get a job. And they get I mean, for yeah. you. Yeah. I guess so, though. But and nonetheless, the Panthers are one and four, which I know they're blown about. But I don't really have no soft spot, spot for the Panthers right now. I mean, or Cam Newton or whatever. As long as he want to keep cooning, I'm, I don't have a soft spot for him. I'm sorry. So uh, one and four, uh, to me, it's just dude. Um, Jacquez Rogers, dog. Jiz Rogers was out that jump balling last night. Cook, cook. I don't know how many yards he ran for. I know he ran for a buck. He did good though last night. I, I know that that was a, a very bright spot for the uh, Buccaneers, considering that Doug Martin's out, um, uh, Sims is out. So for for Jacquez Rogers to come in and fill in so admirably was a was a was a boost for them, young, because that running game really set up everything else. Uh, of course, Mike Evans cooked. Major had a, had a touchdown, success. 89 yards. Help me win fantasy too, young. Good look, bro. Um, Colin Kaepernick, he about to start for the for the yeah. uh, 49ers. So I know they was like contract. So what? What, what was the? Did they he get did. a contract worked out for him? No, he didn't do it. Which says that Chip Kelly so they, is is in charge, like he said he was. Because Trent Buck never would have allowed that. Uh, Oh, so yeah. So you said he don't, he ain't even tripping off of it. They're saying that, you know what I mean. Uh, the media has been kind of spinning it like, yeah, okay, it's time to start capping it. Let's work on the contract and uh, restructure it. They're saying no. They've been doing this the whole season. Like the contract has been on the table. He just hasn't signed it. Like as far as them trying to negotiate uh, the restructure or whatever, and. Mm. So the media basically took it and was like, oh, they're restructuring the deal. It looks like he's about to be the starter when that wasn't necessarily the case. Oh, it's a dirty game. It's dirty, a dirty, dirty game. game. <laughs> it's, a dirty, it's a dirty game, though. Young, I was always I was always a proponent of not restructuring the deal because I just feel like, you know, yes, you want them to play. Yes, you want them out there. But, like, if you get out there and you lose, which... I think it's a high percentage you will lose because there's just a lack of talent on the San Francisco 49ers. Then you end up in the same position, similar to RG3, where you got the whole hat right side of the line just laying down on their backs and letting you get your head cracked open like Humpty Dumpty because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you ain't getting no protection. And then, you know, there's no real... Can't do it. Uh, no real consequence for it because they want you out of there anyway. So... Um, I just think this was this was a way to protect himself because I guess right now he has an injury clause. If he gets injured, he's still guaranteed what seventeen million for next year, something I think like it's that. Fourteen. 
14 million for next year. So I mean, but now they 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 got to play him anyway. Right. So there's no incentive now for him to actually sign that, except for him having the uh, the clause in the offseason to dictate if he's a free agent or not. And the only reason that would be relevant is if he has like a a great year from this point on and the 49ers want to keep him. You know what I mean? But outside of that, which I don't see happening with that garbage roster, but outside of that, there's no incentive for him to restructure. Yeah, nah, I mean, there is no incentive. I I, I know they were trying to get him to restructure his deal before camp started um, because I know he was trying to get it, get you know, go to other teams and stuff like that. But I thought like at this point, Bar in the circumstance because what they try to do and this is what they won't tell you this is what the NFL Network not going to get on TV and say they're not going to say this but like basically they try to like flip it like look if you sign this then you can play Yeah. if you sign then you know we'll play you Yeah. you know just just sign it you know what I'm saying is we're going to promise we promise we'll we'll do this we promise we'll do that but if you just we restructure because we really need to just make sure that everything is set up so it doesn't hurt our future and but even though we believe you're a part of our future we want they just get get a bomb of the whole spin cycle and then catch, try to catch them slipping but Kaepernick's smarter than that and, and I'm I'm glad because there's a lot of people who would just take that deal or sign it you know thinking like, well, I'm just bet on myself and go with the situation. Like, when a sabotage is in place, there's nothing you can do. Nothing there's nothing you can do. You like that! You like that! I don't care how good you are. You can be Mike Vick in his prime. When sabotage is in effect, it's in effect, and, and, it's, and there's really nothing you can do. We've seen it with Tebow. We've seen it with RG3. Um, you know what I'm saying? And you could say, That's like, they, they did it. Who? Vince Young. Vince Young. I mean, and you can say, and some people are like, well, they did it to themselves. They they did it. I'm like, nah, it, it, it's different. It's, it's, it's different. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm more proud to them. I hope that they, you know, this way, at least, if nothing else, they don't want to pay them that $14 million next year. So they're going to do everything in their power to keep that Bama healthy. Um, meaning having a line block for him, um, which is step one. So that's right. You're I mean, young. I wish Colin Kaepernick the best. I mean, for what he's done for the game of football, him being willing to stand up, even sacrifice a lot. Because what people don't know is that just because he's about to play, there's a lot of people who don't want to see him succeed or see him play at all. Be just because of his his willingness to put himself in a, a negative light by standing up against oppression or things that he didn't agree with. And so I, we don't know how many calls went to the GM or the or the head coach, or the or the uh, the president of the of the team, saying that he should be cut and let loose, and all these different things. I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if these circumstances kind of changed Chip Kelly. Yeah. Um. You know, and letting him understand what racism, what white, white privilege looks like, and all that, because if you're in the heart of it, and you're seeing like all these people just have these visceral responses to a guy who's just, he's not fighting teammates he's not throwing darts at people on the field like you know what i'm saying he just Bro, what are you talking about man quietly protesting but yet people acting like he pulled the ham out and 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 sh- shot up a bunch of people it's just it's just crazy so i'm sure he's his eyes have been open at this point and maybe that's why colin kaepner is set to start because maybe he's advocating for him on his behalf to say like cut the foolishness I need to play the best guy in order for our team to have a chance to win so I don't lose the locker room because you keep putting Blaine Gabbard out there, Joe. I guarantee this, you will lose your locker room. I don't care what Phil Collins and and, and <laughs> Colin, Colin Cowherd or whatever these Batman say about Blaine Gabbard being on the field. Oh, he's got he's got great vision and blah, blah, blah. You, you can believe those lies if you want to. You ain't going to turn on Madden right now and pick Blaine Gabbard as your uh, starting quarterback. So, no, you just trash, big fella. So, so <laughs> don't even try that one, bro. Don't even try that one. Uh, Another thing that's important that needs to be mentioned is the fact that the owner supported what Kaepernick was doing from the jump. He also contributed a million dollars to, like, community groups that's trying to better the situation between police and minorities or people of color in that um in that area. So that's huge because there's a lot of these owners who feel like Donald Sterling did and it would have been put to the coach in a way where he better not see the field or get rid of him. So that's huge because without the owner's consent, being able to risk, you know what I mean, fans booing or not showing up to the games because you're starting him, yeah. that's important. That's big. 
can't get done without without the consent of the, of the ownership. I, I agree. I agree. So to some degree, it's some support. Now, why the support? I don't know. It could be genuine. I mean, I, I believe that people out there don't understand the struggle or at least maybe not even understand it, but have the, the capacity to try to understand it or empathize with it. You know what I'm saying? And, and that that's big because if they weren't willing to, you know, the league, league blackball people, dog, it happens. Like, I mean, it happens. People get blackballed um, and, and, and never seen again. Um, I, Ray Rice comes to mind, but I'm not going to, we ain't even going to go into that, though. We ain't even going to go into that. Uh, Shaq, you want to say something about it? I mean, I'm glad he has the opportunity. Um, that's really all I can really say. I don't know why he has the opportunity. I'm just glad that he does. And hopefully he makes the most of it, except when he plays the Seahawks, of course. But that's another story entirely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dog. All, all the best to Colin Kaepernick. Um, you know, everybody's going to be tuned in. They play the Bills, too? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Bills are not no slouch. So um, definitely going to see what Chip Kelly's going to draw up. Maybe maybe he'll pull, pull out some wrinkles in the offense and – and get this W. Um, I know that's going to affect the, the the spread lines, the betting lines on that, Joe. Um, Jerry Jones talking about he's still supporting Romo when he get healthy. He going to put Romo back. What? Is he is he launching? Is he tripping? Bro, what are you talking that's about, dumb, man? That's the dumbest thing I heard in sports in the last year. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Like, this kid's playing his ass off. He's playing head and shoulders better than you could have ever anticipated. And you're already to a point with Tony Romo where you have to look at what you're going to do after him. And the hardest part about getting a rookie and transitioning quarterbacks is that period where the quarterback is just starting to play. Usually they have a lot of rough patches and it's mm-hmm. turnovers. And so he's basically already made that leap to be able to kind of skip the rough part that it usually has a rookie usually has to deal with at the beginning of their career. And this idiot wants to go and lose the locker room by forcing. He's an idiot. Don't listen to this. He's an idiot. The head coach to play right, that's what we got a to particular player. Why is the owner even commenting? It's not up to you. It's up to the head coach. Because he's going to be the one to lose the locker yeah. room, not you. He's an idiot. Mm. Yeah, dog. It, it's crazy. I would tell people, like, if you were, if you were, if you were doing a classroom, got kids and stuff, it's easier to set strict rules and then start to, like, move like out from those rules didn't have no rules at all and just be like all right free for all and then be like oh no sit down can't be talking loud uh you need to do this and do that like it never works that way and so in this situation you got that press guy who's been taught not to turn the ball over to 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 you know follow the offense not try to force it here to really rely on the run game and you've seen him have success, a lot of success, more success than people would even imagine or anticipate. Yeah. I know Dallas Cowboy fans are elated, you know what I'm saying? Because they thought there was going to be some trash. Well, they tried to, they lied to themselves and said they was going to be good, even though in their mind they really thought it was going to be some trash. Um, and now the fact that they're good is like, whoa, young, we got something here. And they go back and they go to Tony Romo, who doesn't have no rules, who's going to just, I mean, you can open up the playbook, but with that opens up, you know, turnovers, all types of stuff. You know, Romo like to impro- improvise and do all this reckless stuff. Um, that's why he hurt in the first place. So I- we cannot make decisions that cost the team and then come off the sideline and it's not. It doesn't make sense to me. The Jonah's stupid. Um, definitely. I wouldn't recommend them going back to Romo. Romo is done in my eyes at this point. Dak Prescott has shown enough to really close the door on Romo. Romo needs to be a backup quarterback. Or do you want to marginalize me till I'm out of my moment? In my opinion, he yeah. just needs to be a backup quarterback. And if Des Bryant keep playing around, yeah. he going, I mean, he, his situation is a little different because he's a, he's a, what do you say? Supply and demand. So his position is in a little more demand than the quarterback position at this point, from my estimation. So he might be okay, but he still needs to get his act together too because Bryce Butler, I like him. Um, aside from that, a monkey wrench, before I let you go into a chat, if Tony Romo was black and Dak Prescott was white, I'm not race baiting here. Will we be having this discussion? I don't think so. Because maybe I'm tripping. 
No, I don't. I don't think we would be having this discussion. That's a yeah. good point. Because I said that earlier, and then somebody started talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, and I said, I, I, when people say just the dumbest things, I just can't even like to really try to break it down unless it's like a soul salvific issue or something like that. Then I'll, I'll get into it with him. But just to say something stupid like that, I'm like, man, I don't even have the time. Let me just do finish my work, though. Because people just are so <laughs> ignorant. And just, they just dumb. They just want, no, I don't think it, race yeah. doesn't have nothing to do with it. I'm like, I don't, I'm not saying that race does have something to do with it, but to some degree, I think that if race played a part in this situation, things would be different. Like, it, it just, it just would be different. I mean, what Dak Prescott has accomplished in this short period of time at this point is is great. You know what I'm saying? And I know that Romo is a more accomplished quarterback, but you ain't going to win a championship with Tony Romo. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think you will with Dak Prescott. But at this point, you need to start to be looking towards the future. And I just don't. I, I Jerry Jones looked like he's stuck in the past. He might Him and Benny Siegel might need to... Do a, do a track together or something like that. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Shaq, what's up, man? What do you think, man? What do you think about about them going back to Tony Romo? The only thing I could say, initially what comes to mind is Jerry might be thinking, if we're doing this good with Dak, imagine how good we'd be doing with Romo because he's stuck in the past with how Romo was. So he's, he's hoping for Romo to come back and be the Pro Bowl, almost 4,000 yards on average quarterback that he's been in the past oversighting yeah. all the back injuries he's had and, and the frail, brittle skeleton he has as a backbone, it doesn't. it's not going to work out the way he thinks it is. Um, and something else he's not taking into account is on-field chemistry because what happens when a running back gets hurt and a backup running back comes in and has to learn how to catch handoffs from a quarterback? They fumble, right? So why wouldn't it be the same thing in reverse where a quarterback has to learn to hand off to a running back? Dak is already used to it how to hand off to Ezekiel and where he likes the, the ball to go, whether it's up high or in the chest or in the, in the stomach. Pause. And, <laughs> and yeah. where he wants the football to go. We, we don't, he, 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 likes where, he knows where he likes the football to go. So it's easy for him to put the ball and let him run and not have to worry about thinking about the handoff. Yeah. Whereas Romo's going to come in the game not knowing there's a height difference, there's arm reach difference. There's a bunch of different things that get taken into account. The drop back, how many steps it takes, all these things get into it, and chances are it's going to totally mess up the running game as well. And the blockers have gotten used to blocking for Dak, where he has whatever mobility he has, whatever reads he makes, all that type of stuff. So it's it's a totally different game if you put Romo in there on all fronts, not just throwing the ball down the field. Oh, they're delaying the inevitable. Romo's done. Boy, if you don't get... Yeah, a lot of what contributes to some of... Ezekiel's success as a runner also is defenders have to play Dak Prescott differently than they would if Romo was in the pocket because Romo's not running the game. So the discipline that the ends have to hold as far as like holding the edge and making sure that the quarterback doesn't get outside sometimes where they're almost almost like uh, what do you call it where they uh, like mirror the quarterback almost like from the outside basically or contain the quarterback. It's just like it's just going to be different and I think that a lot of those big runs that you're seeing because the the defensive line is spread out and the linebackers are spread out playing contained that you're getting from Ezekiel Elliott might not necessarily be there if they have Romo in the pocket and guys feel like they can blitz up the middle or they can take a risk and like do an inside move or you know what I mean? It's just little stuff like that that people yeah. don't pay attention to that it won't necessarily be there if you switch quarterbacks from a mobile quarterback to a guy who's going to be stuck in the pocket that's already injured. I mean, Romo has enough mobility mm-hmm. to make up for stuff, but in the we don't know how much of that he he maintained after being hurt. That's the question. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I, I, the future is Dak Prescott at this point. Going back, it, it just to me it just doesn't make any sense. And you know, I, I think that it, it could it could really cause a rift in the locker room. It could cause a rift in the organization for them to go to Romo after they'd had so much success with with Dak Prescott at this at this moment. You know what I'm saying? Because the team will feel like, like, what are y'all doing? You know what I'm saying? Especially if Romo comes in that jump and lays an egg, trying to get his legs back and trying to get comfortable. You know what I'm saying? You lose two, three games just trying to get Romo back in the groove 
and then you end up not going to the playoffs for what? Like for what? So they better handle with care, Get dog. Off the handle field. with care. Get off the field. Uh, so uh we ain't gonna talk about San Diego, they trash. They trash. <laughs> uh Redskins win in the Beltway yeah. game versus the Baltimore Ravens. Flacco faulted. So I've been telling people, I said, this game, the Redskins didn't win it. The Ravens lost this game because the Ravens had several opportunities to really just win, like win flat out. What would you call it? Fumbled the ball, and then there was a touchback in the back of the end zone off the pick. It was about to be a pick six, mind you. And he fumbled it in the back of the end zone. Crucial. Then the one dude dropped the wide open butt naked pass. Uh, the one throw that was in the back of the end zone. I don't know if it was Kamar Aiken. I don't remember who, who was back there. Some new youngin. But caught the Joe and then only got one foot in and the other Joe just grazed the out-of-bounds line. And I mean, they just, they couldn't buy a bucket um, come Sunday. And the Redskins got another W. I mean, they don't have to be pretty, but it is what it is. But once again, we've seen how pedestrian Kirk Cousins is. Field, big um, Trash, big fella. He played okay, you know what I'm saying. But he didn't. He didn't do anything to assert or win this game. It's really the Ravens just didn't. They lost the game, and so um, you know, I think I think the Redskins still have a lot of things to consider going forward. Uh, the run game didn't look good. I don't know. Well, we know Mark Tressman got fired because they stopped running Terrence West, who was frying our life away. Um, I don't know why they stopped running the ball. Major a whole key bunch of success. They play actions with some doo-doo. Like, they didn't even run. Like, Mark Tressman, I don't know. I thought it was a better play caller than that, but it looked terrible to me. Um, but we didn't do, we didn't fare no better, in my opinion. Run game was, was trash. Um, I mean, Matt Jones had a couple good runs, but all in all, really wasn't um, a good day on the ground, good day in the air. Nah, nah. Y'all, any thoughts from y'all on it? I felt like that game was like a game where two coaches were seeing who could be the worst head coach and cost their team the game. And it just so happened. (laughs) Nah, for real. It just so happened that John Harbaugh won. Because it was like, it was so many egregious decisions where I'm like, what the, like, what are you thinking? Like, when you have your punter do a bootleg and throw and hit the back of a player's helmet, when you take the three, it is just like, so they had so many opportunities, the Ravens did, to just score. Nigga, when my name kind of like, you know what I mean, maintain momentum, but they just like bit themselves in the foot and it all stemmed from some of the play calling and coaching decision. It's just, I don't know, sometimes it just makes my head hurt to watch how they complicate things that are really so simple. So simple. I mean, going into the game, Redskins give the most rushing yards. I would just run the ball all day long. Young Isaiah Crowell ran amok on us. Why would you just not just get a running back to the ball? And then when you go to play action, we did, our safeties, why? Just throw the yeah. ball downfield. Who are our safeties? They just got here this week. Man, yeah, but two, just got here this week, dog. Two backup safeties yeah, like, and a backup cornerback. And you're just like, I, I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand. And you... You checking down the Crockett Gilmore, and I'm like, what is you doing, dog? Go to attack the middle of the field, attack downfield. Like, we don't have anybody who can stop you. I, I just, I don't, I don't get it, dog. I don't get it. Like, the, the game plan is easy. I watch NFL Rewind, and I can tell you what the, what you need to do. Like, you don't, you can call whatever plays you want. I just say, yeah. hey, attack this part of the field, go deep, trash, or run the ball. These bombs yeah. trash. Like, that's it. And I don't know why he wants to do it. Um, uh, so the games this week, we got, uh, we're going to go through these these spreads and hold the people out. And, you know what I'm saying? If somebody want to donate some money to the, uh, the BLK Sports 980, if y'all winning big time, y'all up winning y'all bets and stuff because of, of our analysis, y'all can always, you know, pass, pass some bucks this way. Hook us. Um, the first game, Thursday night game, uh, Denver at San Diego. Yeah. Um, what you call it? Paxton Lynch played terrible this past weekend, though. He played terrible. Atlanta came in that jump and shocked the world because I don't think anybody anticipated them winning that game the way or in the fashion that they did um, in Denver. Um, but they got the victory 
Atlanta's looking nice. I think they're at what four and one, and uh, Denver uh, suffered a setback. I think they get Simeon back this week, but they're at San Diego. Yeah, and San Diego is the underdog at home, plus three. I'm going with San Diego. What? I'm going with San Diego. Bro, what are you talking uh, about, man? After the last two um, poorly played fourth quarters, I'm going with um, Denver because I don't I don't trust San Diego right now. Yeah, San Diego's trash. I'm what, what we thought they were. Yeah, I'm just taking San Diego at home because as trash as they are, like they can score points, and you know that's one thing that they can do. So, and they also uh, give them up to anticipate. So. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so I'm the lone I'm the lone ranger on that jump. LA at Detroit. Detroit is favorite minus three. I'm going with Detroit. Yeah, I'm going Detroit too. That's unanimous. I take it. Alright. Jacksonville at Chicago. The Bears. I'm going with uh I'm going with Jacksonville. I think the Chicago Bears, they they should have won his last game versus Indianapolis, and that, that really hurt them, and I think that starts a losing streak for them. Even though Chicago is a beautiful city. I love Chicago, man. If the winter wasn't so harsh, I would, I would definitely let it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going with Jacksonville. Jacksonville. That one's unanimous, too, because I'm not picking Hoy to do anything. Bang, <laughs> bang. Uh, Carolina at New Orleans. New Orleans is the underdog at home, plus three. I'm going with New Orleans. Carolina doo-doo. I'm trying to tell people they trash. Their secondary is trash. Um, I mean, Cam Newton will help their offense, but if their offense starts out slow, I just think New Orleans will run away with it. Yeah. Uh, And New Orleans coming off a bye. I'm going to take Carolina. My gut is telling me to take the Saints, but the Panthers have to win this game. So I'm just going to go with the Panthers. They'll figure out a way to get it done. That's how I feel. Uh, San Francisco at Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills are favored minus seven and a half. That's kind of high. Colin Kaepernick, here we come. San Francisco, let's rock. I'm going with San Fran. I'm going Buffalo because I have a feeling um, it won't just be the 11 on the field making a difference. Uh, I'm going with the 49ers to not only cover the spread, but to win the game. Okay. That's bold. He's saying Stern's orders, Aaron. You didn't hear him say that, though, but he's saying Stern's orders. He did, and he's probably right, because that's how it works. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I, I feel you. Uh, My my pick is a little shaky now. Uh, Um... But nonetheless, we're going to move on. Bang, Cleveland bang. at Tennessee. Tennessee's favorite minus seven. I think, yeah, DeMarco Murray might be leading the league in rushing right now uh, on a humble B tuna. Okay, Azik, but he right there, though. Yeah, yeah. He he right there. I'm, 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 going with, I'm going with Tennessee. I mean, I know, shout out to Cam Johnson with Cleveland. He might get a sack or two. But, uh, I... I'm gonna have to rock with Tennessee though. I'm gonna have to rock yeah, with Tennessee. I, I can't. Minus I can't eight. see. I can't see myself picking Cleveland because they have done nothing on offense this year at all. Yeah, no. yeah I think the Titans will win the game, but seven is high to me, so I'm taking the Browns to cover the spread. When Josh McCown come back, dog? Is he coming back anytime soon? I feel oh, like he'll help them. White has much of a difference. No, I, I think mean, they would. They may have won that Redskins game be- if McCown, I feel like, played. I guess so. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think he makes it different. Not in a the big Ravens difference. Game. They were up 20 before he got hurt. So, I mean, yeah. I know what it should have could have, but I think they are better than uh, with him than they are with Kessler. And they've been in almost every That's game true. up until the stage of last week. Well, last week they had Whitehurst out there. Get off the field! Hey. Looking right. Hurt, right? Yeah, he got an injury settlement, yeah. so he back on the scrappy. Uh, be more at New York Giants. Well, my man, my man D, uh, I gotta go with NYG. 
minus three. They gotta they gotta win this one. Um, yeah, I mean Baltimore's gonna play them hard, but it's a must win for New York Giants. Yeah, I'm gonna take Giants also. Who you got? I'm gonna take the Giants too. Uh, the Ravens are a fraud to me. That three and zero start, I think they might finish with five or six wins on the whole season. Plus, the Giants absolutely have to win this game. But this season's over. Philadelphia at Washington. Washington is the underdog at home. Two and a half. Plus two and a half. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles to win by a field goal. 27-24. I'm going to take the Eagles also. Um, I think they'll get back to their form, especially knowing that the the secondary is what it is right now. I think... um, I think they'll do a good job throwing the ball down the field. Checking the Redskins and three touchdowns for Kirk Cousins. What? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not been working this far. Aaron. It hasn't. It's been, not working. You it didn't work last score. week. I, I don't it even care about the wins and losses, but the box score is working. <laughs> we will not be the Redskins starter for 2017. It won't happen. So keep the party going. Okay. All right. <laughs> Cincinnati at New England. New England favored minus nine. Now, that's a little high. I know Tom Brady on a get-get mission, like UCB, but <laughs> I can't see them beating Cincinnati by nine, though. We, I'm going to have to rock with Cincinnati. Marvin Marvin, Marvin Lewis ain't going to let that happen, though. He ain't going to let them get mud hole by two, two scores. Yeah, I can't see it. With that spread, I can't see it, so I'm going with the the Bengals also. Yeah, that one's unanimous. I'm taking the Bengals. All right. Bang, Pittsburgh bang. at Miami. Uh, Miami is the underdog plus seven and a half. Miami is trash. I'm going with <laughs> Pittsburgh. No, you just trash, big fella. Three scores. Final yeah, score, 31. 31-14. Yeah, Pittsburgh's offense has been playing amazing. I'm going with Pittsburgh. It's my tribute to Jeff. Never take the Dolphins. I got to steal. Bang, bang. Yeah, that's unanimous. Uh, Kansas City at Oakland. Oakland is the favorite. Is favored minus one. I think. I think Oakland comes back down to earth, and Kansas City off the bye. I don't know. Uh, Reed, uh, Andy Reid's. Um, his record off of a bye, but I know it's pretty good. So I'm going to go with Kansas City uh, at Oakland. Uh, right now, Jack Del Rio is my coach of the year. I got to stick with him because he's, he's playing gutsy out there. I like it. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to ride with Oakland. Yeah, I got Oakland too. Dang. Shout out my man Van, who's an Oakland Raiders fan. I'm sorry I didn't pick y'all, man, but I mean, it's just, we got to, it's business. It's business. Bang, Uh, Dallas at Green Bay. You got the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott at Green Bay Packers. And the Packers are favored minus four. Now, this is a test. This is a test for Dallas. A true test for Dallas. You go into Green Bay and beat Green Bay, changes everything. I got to go with Green Bay. Minus four, I got to go with Green Bay. I think I'm going to take Dallas. Oh, for Jason. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take Dallas. I said it last week. Dallas is putting the run together. And after this game, I think people are really going to have to ask if it makes sense to put Romo back in. Because not only is Dallas going to win the game, but Dak Prescott will have three touchdowns passing and one rush. Wow. Is that reverse magic? It sounds like it a little bit. No, no magic. I said at the beginning of the season that (laughs) Dallas is going to win 12 games. 12 and 4 is the number I gave before the season started. Oh, yeah, dog. And I was saying you was on your head smoking rocks thinking they was going to win 12 games. But <laughs> these Bama's getting closer and closer, bro. Yeah. Closer and closer. Um, uh, Atlanta at Seattle. Seattle coming off the bye is the favorite team minus six. Atlanta been balling. Can they keep doing it? I think they run out of gas in this one in Seattle comes up victorious. But I think Atlanta covers the spread. I think it's a much closer game than people anticipate. And I think Atlanta 
loses this game by only three. So I'm taking Atlanta in the spread, even though I think Seattle will win. Just not by six. Shaq? I can't pick against my boys, so I got to go Seattle no matter what. Yeah, I'm taking Seattle too. I think they're going to win and cover the spread. If the Falcons win, I will say next week that Matt Ryan is a good quarterback and I will leave him alone for the rest of his career. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get that in writing, I'm going to send him that sound bite like, hey, yeah. you, you, you approve now, Matt. You approve. I'll leave him alone. Uh, uh, Indianapolis at Houston, and Houston is favorite minus three. Now these Bama's both sorry to me. <laughs> Indy barely squeaked by Chicago, and really should have lost that game, but they end up winning. So, oh, props to him. Um, I know my man. Shout out my man John. He Indy fan or whatever. But uh, so maybe he's not even an Indy fan. He just live all Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. I got Houston. I got Houston winning minus three. I got him covering the spread. I think DeAndre Hopkins goes off for 175 and two touchdowns in this one. Um, I'm going Houston. They've been playing more consistent than Indy has, so I'll go with Houston. I agree with Harold on this one where I think both teams are sorry. This is the first game all season where I just, I don't know. Like, both teams are sorry. It's going to be a match of who's the sorriest. So I'm just going to randomly pick a team, and I just, I'm, I'm going to say the league wants the Colts to win, so I'm going to take the Colts. All right. By, by Stern's orders, he picking the Colts. Um, NYJ, the Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And dumb Todd Bowles, man. Yeah, you giving us a bad name, bro. Making them stupid calls at the end of the game. Come on, man. Come on, dog. You down two scores, four for one on the 40, and you punting the ball away? What is you doing, dog? And your defense playing like Swiss cheese out here? I, I'm going with Arizona, seven and a half. The spread is, is uh, the Jets versus Arizona. Arizona's favored by seven and a half. Now, I know that's a big spread, but I just, I feel like Arizona just going to run away with it. And Fitzpatrick going to throw two more interceptions. And that's going to be done. Done deal. What you got, Shaq? I ain't picking the Jets. I'll tell you that right now. Um, so I'm going with Arizona. That's your name. Hear that, Chuck? Taking the Cardinals and there will be a Geno sighting this week. <laughs> oh, Gino, you hear that, Chuck? Geno. He ain't messing with the Jets. Geno. They better not play Geno. They can see the defeat if they play Geno. They throwing in a white, the white flag if they play Geno. <laughs> I mean, it's over. Those are games. That's the Monday night game. So, I mean, we'll, we'll cover that next week. Those are all the games on the docket. You heard that? What's your lock of the week, Aaron? Mine is Denver at San Diego. Denver at San Diego. Okay. What's yours? These nuts. <laughs> Got him. <he>. Got him. <laughs> Arizona at the Jets. Or Arizona Jets, whatever it is. Okay. So, you got Arizona seven and a half. Oh, I, my lock is Pittsburgh at Miami. Pittsburgh going to blow the doors off Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stick with mine, but yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, basketball news before we get out of here. Yeah, the Golden State Warriors is the realest mob ever to be assembled on a basketball court. Um, I mean, yeah, like it's championship or bust, really. Like, and they don't, they don't really have a choice. Because right now, the league is in disarray. How do you match up with them? I don't know. They had their preseason game, and the joke looked like I was playing 2K, dog. And I just, like, was playing All-Star East on 2K. Uh, Clay was frying, or West. Clay was frying. Uh, Durant was frying. Draymond Green was frying. Steph Curry was frying. And they make it look effortlessly. Like, it was effortless. Like they were just 70-something to 30 in the first half. Yeah, dog. They just they just came out and just put like a like like the real construction boot jumps, the steel toe ones. Like <laughs> if you step on a Bama toe and like it don't hurt. Like Bama like can just like <laughs> like like they be like, all right, put your foot out. I'm like, I'm gonna step on it. Tell me if you feel it. Like them construction boots. That's what they stop the mud hole. And whoever they, it, it's unfair teams, dog. It's unfair. Just bottom line, it's unfair. So only way you winning I mean, is if. 
if you go in uh if you slip Aisha Curry or Mickey and have her sleep with one of the other what? teammates, what? <laughs> See, go ahead, dog. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Go ahead. I'm out, man. I ain't winning otherwise. Yeah, I ain't yeah. saying it should happen. I'm just saying that's the only way I can see is if if they start fighting amongst each other, because otherwise. Yo, it's too got, easy, man. It's too easy. Yo, you got to do home alone type jumps where you like, like put water on the driveway and just ice the jump up so Bama come out of his house and flip him, split his wig. Like you just, there's no way, young. They, they're too nice. They're too nice. And when you saw the game, like they were just, it was just too easy. Like Bama was cross Bama up, pass to the corner, cash. Come to the lane, crossover, spin move, dunk, pass, fast break, dunk. Three balls, step back. Yeah. Steph Curry still doing him. Like it just looked too easy, dog. It was USA basketball out there. So, I mean, yeah. if I was the head coach, Steve Kerr, I just wouldn't play these Bama's no more preseason games. I just be like, young guy, just chill out. Y'all just work on the side, just work on your shooting, chill out. We're gonna play a lot of the young dudes and just see what they can do. That's it, young. I mean, Wizards look terrible. They ain't look terrible, but. I mean, I don't really anticipate any, I don't have any high expectations for the Wizards this year. Um, so if they if they put something together and shock me, then so be it. But I ain't really looking for, looking for them to do, do much this year. Yeah. We'll see. Shout out to uh, all our listeners. Please follow us at BOK Sports 980. Um, you know, you can send us emails. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, all that good stuff. But uh, just follow us. Just share the content if you like it. Um, subscribe on iTunes, all that good stuff. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have my man Kendall from the Where's Buffy podcast join us and hang out with us for a little bit, talk some basketball. That's his sport. He's talking about, oh, yeah, when y'all do got the basketball journal, I'm going to be on there. I'm like, all right, all right, bet. All our fans, young, thank you for, for listening to those. Um, and we out. Shut up! Give me a turn to speak! Fine, see? You do that to me. How does it feel? How does it feel to be told to shut up? We've talked about it. Let me speak. How does that do feel? Not. How does that do feel? Do 